Hi, John. Hi, Marilyn. How are you? Hmm. I'm fine. I'm fine. Hmm. Sounds like you got a little cold. How are you? I'm fine. You sound like you've got a little cold. Well, I, you know, yeah. No, 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 no. No, I wish I slept better. Mm. But, you know, even Mm. I'm tired of hearing about it. I woke up at 630 this morning and I said, I could get up. I could just get up. I could bound out of bed. Bound. And uh, you were awake enough that that's a thought that went through your mind. You processed it. You turned it over a little mm-hmm. bit in your mind. I did. I could bound out did, of bed. Did you, did you, um, you know, before you go further on this, did, did you have something in mind that if you were to bound out of bed, that would let you do X? Or is it just the idea of bounding the pass through? No, you could, I did. You could, you could just bound out of bed. I could, but I also had a thing. I oh, had boy. a thing. Right now, I have a thing that I could get up in the morning and do. This ain't no 6 a.m. thing. I could bound out of bed and get right to work on it. You could just be sitting there the whole time, ready with 1057, 1058, 1059. I could, you know, when you, when it was time to do Roderick on the line, yeah. I could have looked at the clock and gone, oh, wow, I've already had a full day. I'll just talk to Merlin now and then I could eat ice cream sundaes the rest of the day. Because you, you bounded out of bed, which enabled yeah. you. It really, it kind of changed the size of your various uh, strictures and keyholes. Mm-hmm. It changes the shape of the day, maybe not of the year, but it changes the shape of the day. If you've been, uh, I'm, I always think of that very memorable ad for the army, I want to say, in the 80s that said, you know, we do more before breakfast than most people do all day. Do you remember yeah. that ad? Yeah, I sure do. And I think about how rarely I've done that. How, I don't even really eat breakfast, so mm. I don't have, I don't really have a stake in the ground for that. <laughs> I just interacted a lot with the U.S. Army. As you, as you probably remember, because if I just serves, went, they don't ask for experience. They give it. That's right. And a lot of them. Could you sing it for me? It, if you don't uh, sing it, I will. No, I don't. I don't remember. We either. don't ask for experience. We give it. Mm. I had forgotten that jam and buzz skagsy vibe. They had so had. many good. They had so many, many good. They continue to have very good catchphrases and pretty good songs. Yeah. But here's the thing that I, that I, and I said this. To someone in the army, in the army, f- formerly in the in army, not the very long army. ago, I said, "You guys have good jams, you know, good jingles, but you have <laughs> is that freedom, but you have bad graphic art. Oh. Their graphic art is not good." I think it. See, I want to hear. I want to hear. So I was. I'm just killing time because I figure this will be the rest of the show. Yeah. But the um. But you know what? I always feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect. And whenever there's a disconnect at the age of 55, I tend to think it is I that is having the disconnect, not the world. Mm. Their jams are good. Their graphics are a little bit on. I think for the visual people who like seeing the sort of like a sticker you'd put on your Foot Locker, right. they go for that really basic look. But then for the really soulful folks like you and me. Mm-hmm. That's that's when they, that's when they drop a jam. They go for a, they go for a basic look because the army is all about. And I know a lot about the army now. Okay. Oh, the army is about. Uh, it's they, they really like symmetry, right? So if they're gonna put a if they're gonna put symmetry. a yellow star on a on a green background, they're gonna put that yellow star right. Oh, in like the a very center. sort of deliberate contrast. Yeah, but the but it's in the center. There's no asymmetry. The star is never off to the side. Oh, almost like you know when I first got started. I mean, it's not like I ever became an even halfway decent designer, but I would tend to favor centered alignments for things because I found center it pleasing alignment. visually. And now, as I as I get older, I like a little bit of 
a little little offset. As 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 you beeped me this morning, I was preparing to make a parody uh, of a Smith's album cover using the face of Donald Trump's former um, former campaign manager, because uh-huh. um, that's the thing I do once a year or so. And I was thinking about how I'm saying what you will about the Smiths, and I wish you wouldn't. But I, I think they're they're very successful. I hate this word. Their branding was amazing. I used to the say Smiths, to your friends, yeah. Well, I used to say this to your friends at Barsook. I said, you, you, you guys need the equivalent of like what it was like to be a Smiths fan in 1983. Like there needs to be a club where you say, look, whatever you make, I will buy because I love this band. And they did that so well. Of course, yeah. it's England and it's all about the singles there. But, you know, that, that the Queen is Dead contrast of colors is pretty daring, but it really works. I think of the army as being yellow and black in my head. Yeah, but is yellow still prominent? It's got green. They all like yellow. They all like yellow. Yellow pops. But my my computer is really trying to get me to upgrade to Mac OS Monterey. Uh huh. And I really don't want to do it. And it's really not. It would be inconvenient to do it right now, unless you want to take a commercial break. <laughs> no, it's really trying to get me to do it. Actually, it would help me a lot like, if you took a commercial break. Do you want to go? Up, you want to go update your OS? <laughs> it's like it's like stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Well, in any case, no, um, if you look at the movie, hang, hang on, I need a clean one here. Uh, and then John's about to update it. <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Truebill. You can learn more about Truebill right now by visiting truebill.com slash supertrain. How many free trial subscriptions end up costing you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, long after forgetting to cancel? Fight back against scammy subscriptions with Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, you don't want, or you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720... On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts, and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. Like Matthew B., who says, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 for the year on my SiriusXM bill, and I saved $840 a year on car insurance. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash Supertrain. Go right now to Truebill.com slash Supertrain. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash Supertrain. Our thanks to Truebill for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> and we're back. And John is on Monterey. I'm not. I'm not. Couldn't play with me in the space a little bit there. Okay. All right. No, um, because because Merlin, if I start to if I start to pretend that I have upgraded to Monterey, then that's yeah. going to kill me later on when I have all that additional Monterey material, and I'm like, oh. I still can't upgrade to Monterey. And you're like, wait a minute, in the canon you did before the commercial break. It's like in that the, episode back the show, in the John Dickerson says, well, "Why eat bait if you have all this delicious food on the table?" Exactly. Why eat bait? Why yeah. eat bait at all? What? Well, I mean, there's a reason he's on CBS. <laughs> he's pretty smart. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, John, uh, if, you look, if you look at the Marine Corps logo, right? There's okay, a should, should I be going on the on the global public internet for this? Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't know if you have no, to. No, I no, can no, describe no. It to you. I, I, see, I'm playing with you in the Earth. space now. Marine. The Earth is the Earth okay. asymmetrical, <laughs> right? The Earth is not symmetrical. It's not like a. Oh. The Earth is not even a star. Isn't 
Really, oh, 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 as in it's like, like left-right symmetrical, but it's not like AT and T logo back in the day. You depending on who you ask, looks a little like the Earth, but more like the Death Star. But it's got a certain kind of like a. But the United States is all is all cattywampus in a lot of ways, right? And well, the and the United oceans, States, oceans are a cattywampus. They're cattywampus. Everything is cattywampus. Everything the, is cattywampus. The Marines it's lean cattywampus. into it. They ha- their logo is a Earth. Oh shit, dog! Eagle. I don't even have to look. It's got the eagle. Yep. And it's it's got a lot of stuff like you find on your desk, right? It's got like a globe and a belt. And and I always liked it. And you know what? The number one thing, number one thing I always noticed about that bugged me about Marines. I'm sorry. Thank you for your service. Is the way that the pants, the, the trouser and the jacket were different colors. And I thought they should be the same color. That used well, to be see, very, you know what I'm talking about? And well, now I think I it's do. kind of a hot look. It's a very hot look. Tell me, do you want to describe their logo to the listener? Uh, well, the, 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 the Marines and the Navy, they have the advantage of, of having, of wanting to put anchors in things and anchors, anchors are anchors are different than stars. Let's just start off with that. And but, and I think historically, I learned this from the television program, uh, uh, if memory serves, Gomer, Gomer Pyle, USMC. And, and I learned in the, when I was a child that the Marines are, some people wouldn't say technically, are part of the Navy, or at least they were, and that, they, that this led to a huge sort of competition and a lot of like, you know, oh, we're tougher than you are stuff between Navy and Marines. Is that, is that correct? They, yeah. They're, they're, their provenance is, is through the United States Navy. Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a globe with some, um, what would you call it, stippling? Maybe a little bit of, uh, and the one I'm looking at, and I'm sure this has changed over time. By the way, I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever look at the show. I don't know if you noticed that in the last program, I did put the seal of the United States Navy behind a wreath in our show art. I don't know oh, if you noticed that. Why? Why did you do that? Because I, I, I miss your life. Oh, father. because of because of dad, of course. The, and the Navy. laying of a wreath it's and a the bit, wreath. It's a little bit. It's a little bit hat on a hat, a cap on a cap. But uh, and so you got an eagle. Is it saying uh, is it E pluribus unum? No. It, it was fun Semper because. Fi? Uh, Susan. Yeah, I think, I think it is. Okay. Sorry. I'll come back to the logo. Go. Uh, the Susan, um, posted a picture of, of the, of my dad's gravestone last week on her social media and the way that social media is now, um, you know, you post something and then other people see it. That's true. And, uh, and so all of a sudden because because i'm not not on social media anymore yeah i was looking at i was you know looking at the internet scrolling right and then i kept seeing pictures of my dad's gravestone on other people's social media accounts i I would would have mixed feelings about that because they were like Hmm. they they scraped it from susan's posts and probably probably more than a couple people who were like oh did he just die? Well, no, there a lot. I mean, I think everybody knew what it was and it, mm. because, you know, we talk about it a lot and it was like, Hey, look, here it is. It's fine. This is it finally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so there was a lot of, I think it was all celebratory. It was just a little bit weird to be scrolling along, you know, well, it's pictures of people's cats, pictures of people's cats. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. That looks just like my dad's gravestone. I thought they couldn't find Dave Roderick's headstone. That's weird. Yeah. But now, that, but now, but now it's all over. So an eagle, and, eagle holding, um, I see I'm way out of practice on my, uh, heraldry. Um, uh, did you but, now, is there a, is there, do you have a man coat of arms? I think, I think you suggested one to me the week we met. 
<laughs> what did I say? I think he said if I had a t-shirt, it would say uh, scared of everything or something like that. <laughs> um, this it doesn't is, have an anchor on it. Well, I'm, I'm the anchor. That. I would buy that t-shirt. Well, this is okay. So, I, and I'm telling you, I'm looking at the one on the internet science site, which looks like it was drawn by somebody in, in Corel draw, but whatever you got to Semper Fi, uh, uh, what do, you, what do you call that? When it's like a ribbon with words on it, you know, like it says Banner? mayor, it says mayor or, you know, like, uh, you know, a blaze uh, miss, uh, miss, uh, Pasco County. Yeah. I love all those words. Anyway, Semper yeah. Fidelis holding the Eagles holding that that's not going any place. On top, uh, with its claws, um, uh, at the Ar Arctic Circle, uh, and there's a globe, and it's looking to our left. It's what, what are you describing right. now? Oh, the Marine Corps logo. Oh yeah, but it's got an anchor the, behind it. It looks like the man coat of arms has a helmet and oh, no. some. Oh no, no feathers. No leaves. No leaf. I don't know what those are. I feathers. think the man coat of arms would Lions. be a slight. Mis misunderstanding rampant on 50 years of regret. <laughs> well, there, here's one that's, a got, Griffin. that's got three goats <laughs> and here, and then there's one and that's the Chinese got three guy lines. over here. <laughs> <laughs> is this the show? This is the show family crest. Yes, Mr. Show. <laughs> now this one has two cavemen <laughs> on it. Got the deer in the back. Not me. <laughs> Sorry. Go anywhere you want with this. Your dad. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, John, we didn't record last week, and it was uh, two two separate independent cock-em-ups, but uh, in a brief message last week, you said to me that uh, you, you were somewhere off campus. Wh wh where'd you go, John? Oh, I went, on a, I went on a little journey. I've been on a couple of journeys, but you said that it was a Mac, uh, some kind of Mac release date, and I always, am, I always feel excluded because everybody I know that does a podcast on Mac Day which is like life day. Okay. Um, you're, you're, you're greatly deliberately misinterpreting every aspect of what I said. What I said was I forgot as of last Monday and I don't need to defend myself. I'm broken inside. I said, I said, uh, Oh, I forgot. There's a Mac event, uh, an Apple event today. A Mac ev I, exactly. A Mac event. Apple event. I'd like to watch. Can we record at noon instead of 11? Right. Is what I said. And <clears throat> right. then, 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 do you want to, and, and so that's, that's what I was working on at the time. And then what did you say? But I'm always, the thing, what I, uh, what, what I'm always sad about is that I Exclusion. never get, I never get to play in those it. Mac events. You can watch it. It's free. You can watch it anytime. But I don't know what they are. I don't know why I would. And, and you guys are so excited about it. You know, and I you're confused hear about, about what it. you're even not being excluded about. What's I happening? Know. This is the thing. I thought about that the other day. I, we, uh, the last episode, I was talking about not getting invited on some not a surf tour. And then I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. I think those guys might listen to Roderick on the line. And then they think I'm sending them secret messages. And then remember what I said afterward, along. I, I, in a very, uh, cause you're my friend. I, I said a thing I said. I said, and I don't think this is saying too much. If you hate this, I'll cut it out. But um, no, okay. I think, I think what I said was, John, are you sure? Are you sure you want to go from doing what you're doing every day right now to touring in a rock band? Or do you just want people to star your tweets? Because one is a lot more work. I mean, do you even know how to tune a guitar anymore? I don't. Well, that's okay. Neither did Jimi Hendrix. Well, I saw, I saw Mike from Oranger had to come out and tune Elliot Smith's guitar, but that was for different reasons. That was for a lot different reasons. Yeah. 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 Uh, 2.45 I, in the morning. 
I, uh, I always wanted to be so, uh, so famous that I, I could forget how to tune my guitar. And now I've just forgotten how to do it without oh, that's being dream. famous. Oh, you accidentally succeeded. I Good did. You, I'm man. accidentally Good job. <laughs> famous enough. But no, what I want to know is, is there something new in the Mac verse yeah. that I should be excited about? Yes. Um, do you want to talk about it? So yes, we don't it, really yes, want do. to talk about no, First I of all, you're invited. If you want to do an annual podcast uh -huh. where you and I watch, as you call it, the Macintosh event, and then we talk about it, I would be happy to do that. This is, this is way outside the portfolio of this program. You're fine to have missed it. <laughs> and going and, and thanking people for their service was a mm -hmm. much more valuable use of your time. Do you feel like if you and I watched- But watch you didn't get to the punchline, which is when I said, can we start an hour later? You said, I guess I should have told you. I'm out of town. And where are you? You're at the Remedial War Night School or something? Yeah, what, what the are Remedial you Remedial No, no, no. Night, night have, no, I don't have it in front of me. I'm not going to quote it. But you went to like a college a college of, of uh, armies or something, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, something like that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like you're in my fucking family. It's just, <laughs> yesterday. Let me let me fast forward to yesterday. So you, you remember uh, Long Winners drummer Nabil Ayers. I do. He's been sending me lots of email about a book. He, he, he's written a book. P pretty regularly. He's written a book and he's sending, for the first time in his life, he's never promoted anything really before. He's got life. a good head. I mean, he does. He's the, he, at man. first you would look at it and go, is it the eyebrows? Is it the facial hair? Is it, is it his particular tonsure that he has? But like the whole thing is, Nabil has an outstanding head. He's outstanding in every way. And a good right. guy. Yeah. And he wrote this nice book. It's not nice. It's a complicated book. It's a wonderful book. Is it about book. his, his it history in rock and roll with the, with the label? With 4AD, right? No, it's about, you know, his father is jazz uh, vibraphonist, uh, legend of jazz, legend of jazz Roy Ayers. Are you scatting? Unfortunately, Nabil's father's he's name can only jazz. be scatted. He's a, <laughs> that's a he's real problem jazz. in government form. How many his father, Roy Ayers, and he never really, well, never met, I don't think, until mm. he was in the long winters, until he was in his late 30s. <laughs> and so. <laughs> and that's what finally did it. His father said, blink, blink, blink. I want to meet my son in the long winters. He's, blink, yeah, blink. He, was, he was driving out in the south somewhere, listening to indie rock. And yep, he was yep, like, yep. this band is jamming. Who's the drummer? No, it was just one of those that finally came together. And so he wrote, Nabil wrote this book about, it's a, it's about identity. It's about discovering who he is. Oh, that's cool. He's a mixed race kid. He grew up in Salt Lake and, and up between Salt Lake and, and Greenwich village, the two like. And then he ran a label. Total poles of the of American cultural universe. He still is. He's the, Jesus he's the director Christ. of whatever Baker's banquet. I don't remember exactly. Oh, and well, one of those, they put up pixies and stuff like that. They're all the same. They're all the same now because it's, they all, all, got, it's all English. They just, they all got shit. bought. They yeah, got I mean, bought it's by like England. Cocteau twins, uh, you know, mountain goats. It's all the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's all Did the I same say thing. cocktail goats? Cocktail goats and mount mountain twins. Uh, cocktail goats is going to be my new cocktail twins cover band. In the style of the mountain goats. Well, we're, so he was on tour. Yes. He was out here. He's doing a book tour. That's what he's, that's what he's sending you all those messages about. And, uh, and he was out here in Seattle and we met for lunch and we're hanging out. He's a, it's a very successful book. He's doing, he's doing a, it's a well, very fun tour. Yeah. Must, it's must fun. Be such, it must be such a good feeling after all that work. I know. Right. <clears throat> I, and, and most of the time I would be just envious enough that I would be mad. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You walk right up to the edge of it being a little bit difficult to cover up that you're envious. Even participating in the conversation would, would let, let out too much. But Nabil is so great. Yeah. He's one of those friends that when he has success, you don't you don't begrudge it at all. Not no, even they're the you worst. Know, yeah, you know, I know, I know. You just want him to die, right? Because it's like yes. I love that you're having such a great time. Honestly, I do. I, I think about yeah. I think about that movie Bob Odenkirk was in last year called Nobody, and it's I would say it's very much like it's supposed to be like a funny John Wick, right? Mm. So Bob Bob Odenkirk it plays this guy who's like an ex spook who hmm. is like John Wick level, I could beat your ass, but he's, he's to, he, to, he totally feels like cucked out by life and he's really beaten down and all this stuff. And anyway, then he has a John Wick movie. And supposedly Bob Odenkirk spent at least a year getting in fantastic shape for this movie. Oh. And the movie comes out and like, Bob Odenkirk was really good at it. And the fight scenes are good. The movie's kind of terrible. And I just think, I do think about that now where it's like he worked so God, it's one thing to be Chris Pratt and get ripped and then get to be in like Guardians and be in Guardians of the Galaxy or Jurassic, whatever. Yeah. But like, it must suck to work that hard for that long. Think about how much of his time was getting in the right kind of shape and training for that movie. And then the movie just came and went and people were like, meh, you know, fine. It'll, it'll be on basic cable. I'll catch it later. But Nabil didn't have that. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, I, I was reading a thing, uh, so- Somebody like not actually this it's it's weird that that ties in there's a uh well I'll, I'll just tell the I'll just tell it from the start why don't I please uh so Nabil and I are hanging out and uh and we had lunch and he's like I have to go to this book signing event and I was like I'll drive you so I drove him there it was at a record store he goes in signing books I'm leaning on the door outside enough people that I know are coming and going that I'm, that I'm the guy that's standing out, leaning on the, on the wall of the record store, talking to people. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm standing there talking to people long enough that Nabil's book signing has, has concluded. He's, he's gone the whole thing and he has another book signing downtown at the sub pop store. And so he comes out and he's like, you know, job well done. And I said, well, since I'm standing here, I don't know. I, I watched the first episode of the, of the English office yesterday. So I've been thinking about you f- because you're the one that showed it to me in the first place. <laughs> you know, my, most quoted, my most quoted line from that episode, nobody ever has any fucking idea what I'm talking about from the beginning. Remember this? going to be perfect. <laughs> remember when he says that? So when my family says, hey, you want to get far for dinner? I go, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> got to type up your CV. <laughs> But I've got David Brent's uh, yeah. voice in my mind, sure, sure. so so I'm just like you know like yeah. Anyway, I can't do I cannot imitate it. But but so he comes out and I'm like, well, I'll just drive you to the sub pop thing then. I'm still standing here. If I had a life, I should have gone an hour ago. Hmm. But I was standing here talking to people, people coming and going, and now I'm your now I'm your freaking taxi. Am I right? And he's mm-hmm. like, great, it works for me. And I'm like, great. So we drive down to the sub pop store. We get there. He, you know, we pile out. He's signing books. I'm again, leaning against the wall, talking to people, bought a couple of t-shirts and then a, a, a good friend from the Northwest music community that had, uh, graduated a long time ago to becoming like a, a, like a political operative in, in the, in the Northwest culture world breezes in. She's going to, she's trying to buy a book before she goes to this event. And she sees me and we have this wonderful reunion and she says, Hey, there's a seat at my table tonight at the event. I want you to come. What are the chances? 
And I said, you, God, that's, I mean, this is like, this is, John, this should be in like the second chapter of a million stories in your life. Is it not? Is this not the perfect, like John Roderick anecdote? This is how it often goes. Yes. And I'm standing there, but I'm like, so this event is one of these big fundraisers that happens every year for a local, uh, for a local operation that everybody loves. And it's an event that I have been to for a dozen years and I have performed at it and I've hosted it. It's an auction, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, one of these events on the calendar that, Mm -hmm. but very much an event that I did not expect to be invited to, uh, because of recent history. And it's an event where everybody's very, you know, socially aware and very conscious and, and it's a part of the community. It's like, it's very inclusive and it's a place where it's a fundraiser for a local politician, a local political no, group, a cause. A, it, well, so I, I guess I, sh- I can say what it is. It, there, there's a, 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 a youth music art organization in Seattle uh, called yes. Vera project. And Vera project is based on a, a venue in Groningen, Netherlands called Vera. And it's now, it's now been in Seattle for 21 years and it was started by friends of mine. It's a, it's like a youth punk rock art space. And it was kind of one of the first that said, you know, rather than, rather than try and squash kids and rather than, than force them to put on shows in, in, uh, well, where we used to have shows. Like well, I mean, in, you, that used to be the outlet for that when I was a kid was church. Right. And when I was a kid, it was abandoned warehouse where, where the floor was covered with glass. Right. And I think that's where most people. <laughs> Probably one of the top five reasons that people do abandon a warehouse is all of that broken glass. Yeah, and, and church, right. And Seattle, half the oh, music scene came out of, it came out of Jesus rock and half of it came out of like, if you, you know, if you like, stumble across a church and you notice that all that uh, stained glass broke squat, yeah. take it over. That's right. <clears throat> if you come out of a show and there's not a hypodermic needle sticking into the sole of your boot, like mm-hmm. you haven't. It wasn't a real good show. <laughs> you don't but get so, it, man. So this venue, Vera Project, it's just been, it's that like the- really cool. It is. And it's the hub of a whole universe. Not necessarily like, it's not necessarily that Vera produced a a ton of bands that anybody heard, but it was a, it's the hub of, a, of an awareness, like a consciousness, not, not even necessarily a scene. Although I guess if you were 15, it, it's probably a scene, but- it was much more from the perspective of people my age, like this was a place that we did good work and we would have these fundraisers and it, it's also a big Seattle Gen X social, uh, social event. Like a, it's a, like a gala, whatever, mm-hmm. a ball, right. But not one that, but it's punk rock. I get it. Anyway. So I'm standing there and she's like, you know, I want you to sit at my table. Come to the event with me, first of all. And, and, and I said, no, I was like, I, I'm not ready for that. I don't think, I don't think I'm ready for it, you know? And at her table, there's like a, a very big local politician sitting there at the table. There, there, it, it's a prominent table at the front of the room. And I'm like, I don't think so. And, uh, and she's like, no, really, I want you to come. I want you to sit at my table. And you know, there's incredible generosity on her part and just like affection, but this is the first of any of these that I've, 
Like I haven't done anything. I haven't been anywhere. And I'm standing here leaning against the wall, holding it up while Nabil signed some books. And all of a sudden here it is. And she's like, and also it's a punk rock dress code. So you're dressed fine. You don't have to go home and put on a tie or anything. And I'm just wearing a flannel shirt. She's like, it's fine. Come. And I'm like, I don't think so. Hmm. And she's like, oh, okay, well, let me know if you change your mind. And she walks out the door and I'm standing there and I'm just like, I don't think I can, you know, this is exactly what I've always, I've always gone to these events. This is, this is precisely where I would be. This is, it it is, it is categorically your retinue. Yeah. And if, and if nothing had happened a year and a half ago, I would already be going to this event. Right. But I didn't know about it, you know, like, and, and, and who knows whether that's, well, I know. So I'm standing there and I'm like, uh, you know, I'm kind of, as the, as the, uh, as the young people would say, I'm a little shook. Mm -hmm. I would say I was shaken. Yes. But, but younger people might say I was shook. Mm -hmm. So I'm standing there shaken and Nabil says, what are you doing? Dumbass. You have to go. And I said, I don't know. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think so. And he was like, it's freaking kismet. Why are you even here? Why are you leaning against the wall at this sub pop store? You're not supposed to be here. You're just here because you're following the day as you always do. And here's where the day takes you. It took wow. you to here. Oh, 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 have a little of your own medicine, Scarecrow. Uh, Whoa. Exactly. He, he knew how to get that photon torpedo in. Damn. He did. He's the like a smart guy who has a lot of thoughts about things. <laughs> who knows me? Yeah. <laughs> Show me an example of something that's more your shit. <laughs> And he's like, you garbage person, go to like, this. Yeah. Fuck you. Get in your car yeah. and go, you know, text her right now. Tell her you're going, go to the thing. Oh, I'm so I'm pacing back and forth. Like, but, 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 you know, cause, cause in my mind, I'm, I'm imagining all these, you know, all, all these terrible situations, mm-hmm. little scenarios where I'm standing, standing next to the bar, getting a, a decaf coffee and somebody goes, Jacques! yeah, or whatever. From nowhere or, in particular, you're hit by a can of beans. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or so, you know, or I sit down at the table and somebody stands up and w- and silently walks away or turns their back. I don't know. Somebody from Play, the played stage. by Margaret Dumont. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, somebody says, "Well, it's great to be here tonight, except for one thing." <laughs> and so, all as as one, all the spotlights sweep. Exactly. Five spotlights <laughs> converge on a very disoriented-looking John Roderick. Everybody stands and turns their backs, and I'm there. <laughs> but you know, the the woman who invited me is a matriarch of the of the whole community, and and a beloved one, right? Like no one, uh, no one can. Yeah, 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 I yeah, I get it. And so. So I go, uh, you know, uh, so, and I, so what I say is, well, I'll give you Nabil, I'll give you a ride to where you need to go after this sub pop event. And I'll think about it. And so the, on the drive over to wherever I was taking him, he was just like, you know, there's no way that you, there's no way that you can't go. You just have to go. And that's how that's, you know, it's, it's what Jesus wants. Right. And so I dropped him off and I looked at my watch and I, and I realized I had exactly it was another one of these, like, it takes 28 minutes from here to there, and it's 28 minutes from now. And so I just said, okay. And I drove to the to the venue, and it was a big fancy ball, but Seattle fancy ball, right? So everybody yeah, looks like, it. you know, they work in it. It was punk rock casual. Yeah, exactly. But except some people are wearing 
fancy hats and ball gowns. It's it's punk rock casual. Exactly. It's like a Courtney Love album cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I walk in and I'm standing there just sort of like a hand in pocket. Again, leaning against the wall, looking around. I know everybody. And one by one, every single person that I encounter gives me a huge hug, a big like, oh, oh my God, it's so great to see you. And it's loud in there. So it's just... In a way, it's great. It's loud enough that no one can really have a long conversation. Oh, that's right? nice. You know, they can't be like, tell yeah. me how's, you know, what's been going on? Yeah, you, you couldn't begin. It would be very much like, let's restrict our, our, our conversation to well wishes. Cause we don't, there's not, it's too loud to go into any depth. But there was, there was tremendous like concern and feeling in people's faces, like hmm. big, you know, like they're giving yeah. me like big, big eyes or wet eyes even like, but but I was, I mean, you can never know who you're not embraced by because, <laughs> yeah. the, but nobody made a point to walk over and then turn <laughs> and walk away. But, but, you know, I a saw pile, a, a pile of lambskin slapping gloves accumulates <laughs> beneath John. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash Super trained friends, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, you can engage with your audience, and you can sell anything, your products, content you create, you can even sell your time. This is true. This is new, and it's true, and it's amazing. It's Squarespace. Okay? All right, well, maybe, maybe you're out there, well, what some people call creative. I, I, I would call, I would not use that word. I would say people who make things, right? But, but maybe have a lot, that's what a lot of us do, and you need a website for that. Squarespace wants to help. And, you know, it's bringing together a lot of the old and the new in a way I find very invigorating. Remember blogging? Does anybody remember blogging? Well, you can create a community on your Squarespace website with a fully integrated commenting system that supports threaded comments, replies, and likes. You can use their powerful blogging tools to categorize, share, and schedule your posts as well. This is amazing. This is like stuff from the future where we all will spend the rest of our lives. You know, uh, you may, may know this. This is huge. This is, this is huge. All Squarespace sites are optimized for mobile. That means that the, the content on your pages will automatically adjust so that your site looks great on any device or dingus. That used to be an entire sep- separate career. Squarespace does that for you. Uh, maybe you want to save time with uh, cross-posting. You want to get your message out there. Well, it's built right in. Squarespace can auto-post your content to Twitter, Tumblr, or Facebook, personal or brand pages. All post entries and images are optimized and tagged, so descriptions and titles will be correct wherever you are posting. You know, and let me just put in my own personal word for uh, for Squarespace. It's like my friend Marcus says, you know, you can pay me to talk about it, about it, but you can't pay me to like it. Well, I like it and I'm going to talk about it. So, you know, can't two things be true, right? I've used Squarespace for a very long time. And in fact, you are using it right now. I mean, definitely over 10 years. Roderick on the Line, our podcast that you're listening to right now, is hosted on Squarespace. And that's over 10 years. That's a very long time. You, you could have a child that's almost done with elementary school at this point. Mine's older than that. So, you know, it's it's horrible. You know, having a kid. But Squarespace can't help with that. It's not their problem. They want to build it, uh, build it beautiful is what they say. <laughs> so right now, do me a favor. Go and head, head over to uh, squarespace.com slash supertrain. And you can get a free trial. Okay, free trial. No credit card required. You go in there. When you're ready to launch, right? You're ready to take it and put it live. Push the big red button. I don't know if there's a big red button. Uh, terms and conditions apply. Use the offer code supertrain. And that's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. 
Once again, please, squarespace.com slash supertrain, offer code supertrain. They've been great to us. They're going to be great to you. Um, and our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. But a lot of the people, you know, a lot of the people that I saw, you know, when I first saw them, I was, because I know all their politics. I know everybody in there's, uh, you know, in life in and out. And there were people that probably, uh, well, that would have had every, it could have gone either way. In other words, right? Like it would, it would, it would have been a choice in that moment between, am I going to make a political statement or am I going to treat this person like a human being? And in every case I got treated like a human being. And, uh, and it was really, uh, profound or, or not profound, even just like, uh, I, I, scary, you know, I'm still scared a little. Um, I, I mean about that event afterwards, like, yes, I, absolutely. like I, I opened my email, like waiting because you never, that's the thing. You never know when they're, when it's, it all goes great. And then the yeah, next there's day. There's never you, an official end to the latent period between right. when something is super intense and when it is God willing, mostly blown over. Like you're never really done with anything in life, but, <clears throat> but there still is that like a certain period that we, I don't know that I put on myself of like, Ooh, I'm going to stay out of this place. Oh, I don't even, I, I, I even mean like, like last night, like somebody, I, I, of course, since I'm not no longer not on social media, I went on Twitter and somebody tweeted, I never really noticed how much John Roderick looked like Dr. Cali Calgieri. Who's the, who's the. What? In, in the cabinet of Dr. Caligari? Caligari, right. How, oh. how much he looked like. Dr. Caligari. Wow. And, and I didn't understand the reference and I looked at a picture of Dr. Caligari and I didn't under, I still didn't understand what they it's were very, talking it's about. It's a very, very old movie. And, and I, uh, and then I, and I, and of course I thought, wait a minute, is that a, is, is that person in the room at this event and tweeting that as like, I'm looking at him right now and he looks like Dr. Caligari and that's a compliment or a or just a a note or or he's a deranged um medical guy who uh who hypnotizes people holds them in his sway well and yeah then, and then makes them move through a german expressionist uh, film set sure so that sounds like me for it's, sure i mean it's not not you so they so they know they know whoever they are it's a knowing reference it, it went over my head which is which which speaks to the fact that it's possible that they were there in the room. But you know what I mean? Like, it's not even the big picture blowover, which I don't think it will ever blow over. But I mean, the, I, the I, little I don't, picture I, I don't like, like I, to provide bait at the dinner table, but that's one part of feeling like when you get creeped out or gaslit is the whole like, you know what I mean? When you start getting weird about something and there's lots of things in life to be weird about, but if you're suspicious about something for a while and then two things happen and you're like, wait a minute, is this related to that? Like, it's this, there's that late, I'm trying to think of an example that I can abstract, but like, there's that lady who always gives me the stink eye from her window. And like, like, could this be something involving her? But like, where your brain, like, crosses some kind of circuit, and you just, you find you feel just crazy enough that you're wondering if these two unrelated things could possibly be related. Right. I, I, I'm not saying you're doing that. But I, I would like to think that of the many ways I'm very unhealthy in life, that's one way in which I am fairly healthy. And I don't generally, well, maybe I do, overconnect things that are clearly unconnected. But in an instance like that, you'd be like, wait a minute, is this person like sitting there at the next table looking at me right now? 
Exactly. And I, and, and for all I know they were, and, and I think it's past now, but like I, when I woke up this morning, I looked on Instagram and it was entirely possible that somebody would have taken a, a covert picture of me and been like, worst thing that ever happened or who knows, but, ne- but it seems to have passed. It seems to have passed. And the entire event, the entire event from the moment, uh, Kate breezed into the sub pop store to now when I'm telling it to you, it, it was all positive. It was all, it was all nice. It was, it was all, it all felt, um, everybody I met felt generous and loving. And, and that was, that was sort of not what my catastrophizing mind would have, would have expected. Right. I would have expected at least one. Where are you? And you're like, but again, maybe this is not you, but I, I know if I'm getting that, getting into that situation where I, I find myself feeling like I'm bracing for a blow like a, like somebody taking a swing at me, essentially just yeah. a life swing. Yeah. And then it doesn't happen. It's weird. That doesn't mean that all that adrenaline goes away. Yes. And it doesn't mean that it feels resolved. It could just be like, you go, I'm glad that hasn't happened or hasn't happened yet. But you know, it does feel good to get over a hump in what felt like a thing that could go catastrophically wrong. It hasn't gone catastrophically wrong yet. Well, and this bracing for a blow, that's a perfect way of putting it. Cause I've been bracing for a blow for 18 months, you know, just like <clears throat> ready every time I put my head out the door to get hit really hard. And so I have that adrenaline going all the time. And, and the, and the other part of it, you know, this, the, the, the flip side of it is as soon as you stop, as soon as you do five things and you're like, oh, I guess I'm not going to get hit. That's when it comes. Right. Or at least that's another that's, way of, that's how at they it. get you another way of keeping yourself clenched all the time. Um, but a, so a guy, a friend of mine, a long, an old friend of mine comes up to me at the event and, and he has, he's a very political dude who has been very close to me over the years and very definitely distanced himself from me, oh, not boy. publicly, but just mm-hmm. distanced himself. And he, he came up and he said, did you see, uh, last year did, oh no, he didn't say last year. He said, did you see that Kumail Nanjiani was talking about you? Oh boy. The actor. Yeah. And I said, and and again, this is like loud over the thing. And I said, what? And he's like the guy from, from Eternals, the actor. Yeah. I know another guy who got in really good shape for a movie. Nobody noticed. But I love the actor. That's exactly the how I'm tying it in. Oh and, shit, dog! Oh and, no! And he said, and I'm like, you what now? Now he said something about me today, and he was like, no, 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 back a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I didn't know, but Thanks. I I know a lot of people did say things, so I, it's not like I'm keeping a list. And he was like, no, no, no. And so I woke up this morning, and he had sent me a link. Oh, come on. A thing that I didn't need, but a link to an article where, uh, Kumail was saying that he had gotten in really good shape for Eternals (laughs) and he had gotten dragged. He was like trending for some reason that his buffness was getting. Yeah. Wasn't he considered like, oh, you're. Well, I'm, I could be misremembering, but it took a long time. And he, I think he was justifiably, he and his wife were very proud of his effort. I mean, it's not without effort to get like that. And was it one of those lookism kind of things? 
I don't remember. I have zero memory of it. Yeah. Um, but he was later in an article saying, I, you know, it was a really rough time for me because the internet turned on me because I got buff and I was the subject of a lot of like jokes and, and, but also getting ripped on all the, all the time. Yeah. And I was getting ripped on for, for days. And the only thing that, that stopped it was bean dad. And I'm so grateful to that. Uh That's kind of funny. Well, kind of funny, but he didn't, he never (laughs) like, he's not like, I love that dude. He was, he was just saying that took the pressure off me. And then I guess later somewhere he said, you know, it made me realize that if the internet can go after this guy for nothing, like I shouldn't care about what they're going after me for. I don't, there's no lesson. There's no lesson to be learned. There are no lessons, Merlin. It's all, it's all just turtles all the way down. You think so? Huh? No, I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel, how are you feeling? Me? Yeah. Oh, you know, um, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Think about a lot of aspects of this. Uh, uh, so anyway, I'm also thinking about Nabil and, uh, and I like the guy. I was just looking at some photos. I don't have that many good photos of him because I wasn't just as, as, uh, happenstance would have it. I mean, I did see you guys touring with him. When did he join the band? How long was he in? He was in it for a lot of the, the, like kind of the biggish years, right? You know, you, you were so involved in the long winters during a period it's when it's called being a fan, John, look it up. I know, but you were really involved. Like you were the, you were the fifth winter for a while there. Even when there were five I'm, people I'm, in the band, I'm, you were still I'm the, the fifth winter. There was a guy in the band that was I'm the son of the winter. rich record store owner who gets uh, caught in the woods, uh, cottaging with other men. <laughs> I'm the Brian Epstein of the group. But like um, you, you met us when, uh, Michael Schilling and Sean Nelson were in the band. And then you were with us through the Michael Shore years and then you were, you, uh, I was there you, through the, through the, um, through the Michael plays, uh, the other Michael plays, uh, what well, Michael, right? Who's the, mm-hmm. who's the kid who shoots the gun and plays 12 instruments? Um, uh, yeah. shoots the gun and plays 12 instruments. Yeah, oh, the kid, the kid. Oh yeah. Cool, 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 you're cool, talking cool, about Jonathan. Cool, cool. Jonathan. Jonathan. I was in the Jonathan years. I was cool, in cool, some Jonathan. of the Nabil times. Cool, cool. And, um, yeah, but anyway, he always, and he used to manage Sonic Boom before he, he was, owned it. He, owned, he it. owned Sonic Boom. Sorry, and they had like they had several. That was a really cool record store. It was, and when Nabil joined the band, you know he had been in a band called the Lemons, which was like a punk rock, black leather jacket band in the nineties. No kidding. Yeah, like and, and is it in the Rat King of Murder City Devils things? Uh, even before them, okay. I mean, but the, that that uh, kind of like that kind of like I would they would bristle at me saying this, but I think of like you know those kinds of like. Post post punk glam oriented, or was it more like digga 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 kind of punk rock? Hey, it was before all. It was before the like whole four like, guys wearing tight pants look. It wasn't it that. was that? But it was before the like we are all painting our fingernails with with the yeah you know, with white out now. Yeah. It was. Um, I mean, they opened for like Danzig, like it was that era of. You're kidding. It, it was um, Jesus. That's pretty. It was cool. like Mike Ness. He wants your skull. Era punk rock. Yes. Pompadours. And just to be and, clear, not Mike Nesmith, whose no. mother did or did not invent White Out, but Mike Ness, who was in that, that funny documentary where his band leaves him on tour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Social D, we called him. Mom, we got any more Social D? <laughs> way, to, way to bring in the White Out connection. That's so good. God, you're you're really like. Ukraine you're girls so really amazing. knocked me out. I wish I could turn it off. Okay. 
Um, white out, white out. So, okay. Um, so he was on. in that band, and I remember what every time. Ukraine, come on, I throw know. me a poem. I, I, here it is. All right, all right. Thunk, thunk. But but every time you know, every time you'd go to see uh, 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 drive by drive like Jehu or whatever, mm, the lemons mm-hmm. would be playing, and so I saw him a bunch of times, and and he owned the record store. He was always nice, but I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. I didn't know him, and I didn't know my my about one of my him. dearest dearest friends in Florida. Um, the other Mike Coleman, the other guy, the really the the artistic genius in Bacon Ray, managed the Vinyl Fever store in Tallahassee, and uh, was you know very learned. One of my favorite people ever. But the way Mike was when he was at work at a record store was pretty different from the way he was. I mean, he was still really a nice guy and a kind guy and try and help you out and sit through, you know, it's like working in a camera shop or whatever, where you got to, or a comic store, where you got to sit through a lot of experts coming in and telling you have stuff and dealing with theft. But he was so different outside, but he running a record store, you really have to get a certain, you got to carry yourself a certain way or you're going to get eaten alive. Yeah. And, but he was like, Nabil's always, well, and, so when he finally joined the Long Winters, it was through Squires. That was the era when Squires was in the band. Mm-hmm. And he knew Nabil because they were in a band called Alien Crime Syndicate with Joe what? Uh, Meese from the Meeses. I know that band. Yeah. I didn't realize they were in that. Holy Squires shit. and Nabil were both in Alien Crime Syndicate. Damn. And and they were, uh, that was way more show business rock, right? They the, All those mm-hmm. bands, they were all, even though they were punk and sounded they all, they like all, a lot of those bands in why I say Murder City Devils because I remember they had a a branded bus when they came to Bottom of the Hill and mm-hmm. that's why they are the for whatever reason I think of bands that have and this sounds like I'm slagging and I guess I probably am but when you see bands like your van looked like something uh, you know that that a clown would use to pick up kids most most some of these bands they'd be driving around in this thing you're like where did you get a budget for this kind of transportation I mean you might as well be like opening for Celine Dion, like this, you you seem like to be in a very fancy, organized operation with some money. Well, and that's there's so much. There there were so many tours we did where we would we would uh, we'd be playing in a venue, and across the street there was a much larger venue, mm-hmm. and it was a punk rock show. And out front of the venue, there were four brand new white Ford E three fifty vans playing pulling brand new, very large, like double axle trailers. Are these like, 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 um, I'm trying to think of like that band I saw in Canada, AFI. Is this like a kids wearing black punk rock kind of thing? Exactly. Go ahead. All the, all the bands were wearing Stan Smith's. They all had exactly the same black Les Pauls. And it was a, it was a, it was a universe and Hmm. you never would have heard of any of the bands, but they were huge within this very small subculture of teens in Oh, and like people would dickies. go, if they could go to a show, they'd go to five shows. They might follow them a little bit. Stuff yeah. Like and, that. Or, and there would be, there's like six bands on the bill and every one of them mm-hmm. plays for 45 minutes and it. it's all hard, fast rules, right? Every song is a minute, 30 seconds long. And from our standpoint, although, you know, nominally punk and for the kids, uh, and paren, um, it was such a, uh, uh, commercialized, like packaged mm-hmm. money making. It felt like a franchise and who the bands were did sort of who cares. And it was just, it was, it was franchised and it, Oh, and the other thing it was, it was, it was, um, what, what did they call it? Scene kids, emo. 
there yeah. was there was that emo scene thing that also it Van, was the Van's same. Bands adjacent to that. I mean, I didn't. My, my, Madeline and I did not go out of our way to see bands like that very often. But I can tell you, for example, we just took my kid to see a show. Believe it or not, dude, at um, Great American. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where God? I mean, where do we begin? But, How do they like it? Oh, it's great. It's a guy, Mickey, Ricky Montgomery, who's really good. But anyway, but I, I mean, I don't even need, I would sound like a flex if I told you the experiences I've had with John Roderick at that place. Yeah. But, um, but um, I do remember also seeing Ted Leo there. And I go back with the music of Ted Leo to like the 90s, like when he was in um, uh, the band with one name. Uh, I'm spacing on the name of his band. But um, when he was in that band, and but like, I was almost, and I love Ted Leo, don't get me wrong. It was I called was, Ratchet or something, right? Yeah, or? it was like, and they had that uh, that really good song, 8 a.m. all day or something like that was the album. Anyway, the point being that I was almost a little bit put off, not by him, to, to quote, your favorite band, Sloan, it's not the band I hate, it's their fans. <laughs> Speaking there of Consolidated. But um, <laughs> but it was one of the most first of all the the ted leo and the pharmacist put on one of the most like holy shit paint peeling shows you're like yeah, how are how is this number of people making this sound they're and not just musicians. loud but like it's it's very emotional it's really good but the entire in a way i've never seen not with the wrens not with they they might be giants not any other band not with lamb chop did i ever see so much stomping and like it felt like the entire place was going to come down with fucking emo weirdo emo kids who were so into it that it really it felt like something from the early 80s again it felt really intimidating i think those kinds of bands one reason you can run them like a business is those kids are like so dedicated to the genre in an almost english way you know what i mean an almost like british way they're so into these bands they love the bands they love the songs but that they're like very dedicated to that this particular flavor of genre rock music does doesn't that seem like that's part of it and like you can have these f-350s and trailers and <laughs> i don't think that you can have it absent the internet in the way that it was and okay. i and this was pre this was before i understood yeah. what was happening on the internet mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. like the money where the money was coming from and who was funding it it often felt like churches you know like who what bunch of 21 year olds can buy a brand new van um and and it, it always felt weird and this was this happened to me uh this happened to me a lot during that era where it was like i'm the one playing power pop <laughs> i'm like the old the older dude playing <laughs> which you could read as post bubblegum <laughs> or or like, like you're or, playing music that appeals to young people in some ways but and but also like i'm the one that's that's got a song on the OC. Like I'm, yeah. I'm at one level, the, the one that's more, uh, I mean, no one would ever accuse us of being sellouts, but like Mark marketable, marketable to somebody who's got a sweet tooth for pop music. Right. But across the street, there's tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. And it's, and, and, and way more people and the energy is way higher, mm -hmm. but it's, but it's repping a kind of street thing that it, that doesn't even exist anymore. Or if it ever did, mm -hmm. it was just, it was always a very strange and there, there, that was always true at some level, the, the major label or, or the label that was a subsidiary of a major that focused on punk that had a lot of money mm -hmm. and when I first met Nabil, I really, you know, like the lemons opened for the dwarves. Like they were, they were punk, mm -hmm. but they were, they were smooth. They were polished. 
And I thought Nabil was smooth. I thought he was polished. Mm -hmm. And when he he's powerful, but very, but ultimately also just very subtle. You can't, you can't. That's hard that, to find. But that smooth polish was not a compliment in our day. Sure, right? Sure, you sure. weren't supposed to be smooth. You were supposed to be like, I don't know what. You're supposed to cry. You're yeah. supposed to cry. If you ever stopped moving, Merlin, you were supposed to. You were supposed to take a knee and start crying because that's how sad you were. So sad. <laughs> My daughter said, my daughter, the other day we were sitting in a restaurant and she was like, I want you to tell, I want you to say three good things about me and three bad things about me. I'll oh, go first. Oh, oh. And I was oh. like, you'll go first. I didn't agree to this. Yeah. And she was like, so three bad things about you. And one of the things, you know, she was like, you're a teaser or whatever. But the, 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 the third one of the, of the three was you, um, you are sad, but you don't admit that you're sad. Ooh. And I was like, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I don't know if you can say that, that that's a bad thing. And she was like, well, it's my game. I'm making up the rules. Mm -hmm. Thanks, honey. Sad, but won't admit that okay. you're sad. That, you know what? Well, okay, fine. Okay. That, <laughs> I'm going to do you. you. You tell people things when they didn't ask to know it. It's your That's problem. parental advisory on all my <laughs> records. Sad, but won't admit that he's sad. Two, three, four. Yeah. Anyway, Nabil was the guy that made the long winters the best thing that ever happened to me. He really was. Because when he joined the band, it was right when things were getting good for us. And he was the first adult I'd ever met, honestly. The first person that never got upset, but not because he was crushing his emotions under a, a rock, although maybe he was. Mm -hmm. But he did not take stupid shit personally. Mm -hmm. He knew what the, he would walk into a room and he would understand what the most important thing to do next was. And he would do it without being asked. Oh, that's a gift. I mean, can you imagine? I, well, especially, I mean, in that it's, it's great in any situation, but, and, and this is not a slag on anybody in the band, but just in general, it's a, it's just one chaotic bummer thing after another. And to have a focus that lets you instantly see, okay, here's the next thing we need to do. Like it, it is. I don't know. It's like having a manager who's also really good at drums. In in most in most music situations, in most bands I've been in, when you walk in the door, at least one of the people walks in the room, looks around, and says, "How can I make the next moment m about me the most? Like what what sound can I make right now that will direct everyone's attention to me and my?" That's a really good way to put it. <laughs> and my sadness. Yeah. And then there are always two guys in the band that are that appear to. When they're not being, they're not being directed to immediately shut off like a droid, like sit down on a bench and you pick see up a handheld video game and just basically like C-3PO, like you're not going to need me for the narrative in this scene. So I'm going to take an oil bath and be quiet. Exactly. I'm going to save battery power. And it's like, well, actually, you know, there's all this stuff that needs to get done. And it has to yeah. get done every you grab a broom instead of powering every, down. <laughs> like every night at yeah. this time of the day, we're in exactly the same situation. It's just a different venue, and we have to do the same things every time. Move these things to there. There's never a time when we don't in. have to do these things. But the you know, but there's always somebody that's just like, well, I guess no one's looking at me. Mm -hmm. But Nabil was the one that just walked in, and he was like, if there was somebody that needed to be talked to, he would go talk to them. If there was something that needed to get put somewhere else, it, but, but also capable of doing it at a very high level. 
Like he could talk to the owner of the bar yeah. and not make the owner of the bar He's, go. He, and he would come off. He, he had the most remarkable, God, I don't know how this is all about Nabil, but um, it, he really did come off as if I were somebody in a position of responsibility, I would instantly get that he's used to dealing with adults. There it is. And he made me feel like an adult for the first time. Because when I would be driving into a town and I'd be like, well, okay, so here's what we, you know, here's what we have to do. And he would say things like, oh, I already took care of that. Mm. And, and I, and I would just sort of stare out the window for a minute, like, uh, oh, uh, great. Because it was, it like was, it validated that, that it actually needed to be done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That yeah. I wasn't just like that I wasn't picking five random things out of a basket of 50 possible things. It, I actually knew what the five things were because he did too. And he just made the last year, the last three years of the long winters, just so great. And one of the things he did, and that, and that, and then I won't talk about Nabil ever, ever again. It's like one of the, or something. One of the things he did during that period, he was so Merlin man in this respect because this was during the time when you would buy a new camera every 36 hours. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. And every time you bought a new camera, it had a whole new suite of capabilities, but it also needed a different kind of uh, memory stick. (laughs) And the old memory sticks weren't compatible with the new memory sticks. And you were always like, oh, check out this camera. This is the camera. And Nabil was doing that too. And he had a digital camera at a time when all I had was a flip phone. And everywhere we went, he just had the camera out and had it inconspicuously kind of at chest level. And he was just moving it around. Oh, just just getting getting candidates, just getting easy, easy candidates. Yeah. Pictures out the window. Every time we sat down to a meal, he took a picture of the table. Oh my God. I love that guy. Took a picture of the, you know, every time I'm standing, talking to somebody, he took a picture from the side. And then at the end of the tour, he just sent a CD ROM or whatever Mm -hmm. to everybody that had every picture. And in a way, those two years of pictures are going to be the thing that um, I can already tell that they have affected my actual memory of my own life. Mm-hmm. So that when I look back at the period between, when I'm 70 and I look back at the period between 1991 and, and 2015, I'm going to definitely over-remember that two-year period, which yeah. thankfully is a happy time. And it's going to it's going to kind of bleed over on both sides to make that whole period of my life feel like it was really productive and good. That sounds like that's not terrible. I mean, the pictures that you took of, of me when I was in San Francisco do the same thing. You took all these candid pictures. You were going through that that Charles Peterson phase where you were like, "What if I? What if the flash stays on?" Or I, I like don't know how fun. you did that. Stuff. I like to have fun, and I love those pictures. Are some of the best pictures, and they remind me of that time in a way that colors like it does. It it ends up coloring your memory until it becomes your memory. Yeah. Compared to the pictures I was taking, which were flip phone. Pictures of it looked uh, like you'd the, gone to the Vaseline Museum and plunged your phone into a big sample. Yeah, yeah, where, where the, the lighting source was was the sun. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we're pro Nabil. 
Yeah, he just he yeah. you know he he it's swung to through town. He's, it'd be nice if he was easier to hate, or I not hate. Pro- hate's a strong word. If he's easier to despise, he's he's very successful right now, and and yeah, that's it, good. that that makes somebody really easy to despise. Mm-hmm. I'm tr- I'm actually sitting here trying to think of reasons to be mad at him because I don't like how successful he is, Mm-mm. but I can't because I keep coming back to all these nice things. Yeah. I mean, he was in the lemons. Mm-hmm. Lemons. Yeah. So anyway, well, lemons. Come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> it's still funny. <laughs> all right.